welcome to another episode of Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. I am your host, Kim, and I'm so excited you have decided to tune in and listen. If this is your very first episode, welcome. If you are part of the community here, welcome back. Last episode, we talked all about saving money on groceries without clipping coupons. So if you have been struggling to stay within your grocery budget or you have not had a budget and you've just been spending so much money on groceries, definitely go back and check that episode out. I just want to take a moment to say thank you for sharing the podcast with other moms that you know and leaving a review. It makes all the difference and it helps other moms find the podcast. So continue to help me out and share these episodes if you feel they are beneficial. For those of you who do not follow me over on Instagram, I was sharing some things that I had reflected on for my birthday. I turned 29 last Monday. And as I began to talk, I was like, I have a lot to say and stories is just not going to do it for me. So I asked everyone if they thought I should some sort of check in or update on the podcast. And majority of the people responded that they would like an update on life in general. So that is what I'm here for today. But before I hop into the episode, I know some of you are looking for stories to inspire your little girl to pursue her dreams without limits. Well, Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls podcast is an expansion of its best-selling book, which tells hundreds of bedtime stories about the lives of extraordinary women from the past and the present. It is designed to close the confidence gap in young girls. These stories explore the talent and results of incredible women across every possible field, from astronauts, chefs, trombonists, judges, scientists, and tennis players, from Jane Goodall to Simone Biles. Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls is narrated by other inspiring women such as Melinda Gates, Jessica Valenti, Jamila Jamil, Justina Machado, and many more. Most of history has been primarily documented by men, which is a narrative that is woven throughout the textbooks that our children read today. Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls offers children the opportunity to hear about historic moments from a woman's context. Research says that only 19% of children's books showcase women with jobs or career ambition. By the age of six, many girls already believe they are less smart than boys. 54% of women over the age of 35 said that gender stereotypes they experienced as a child has left a negative impact on their lives as an adult. To inspire the rebel girl in your life, go and find Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls on your favorite podcast player. Now, without further ado, let's hop into this episode. So, as I stated before, last Monday I turned 29 and with every birthday or every year of life, I like to take time to reflect on the previous year, you know, what's going really well in my life, what's not going well, what are some things I want to work on improving, and that's in different areas. 
from parenting to education, finances, career, all of that. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to talk about each area and I'm going to sort of update you guys on my thoughts and things that I'm doing and questions that I've been getting. So I am deeming this the year of more, more clarity, more self-awareness, more personal accountability, more impact, more focus, more debt paid, more money saved. So it's a funny thing. My therapist had reached out to me an hour before our session saying, oh my gosh, I didn't realize it was your birthday. We can reschedule. And I'm like, no, no, it's fine. It's not like I am taking the day off or anything like that. I still have to log in for work. So let's do it. Plus, I had some things that I really wanted to discuss with her. And I have one friend that I pretty much talked to about everything. And then I have some friends that, you know, it's a little bit more filtered. Uh, <laughs> you know, you just sort of discuss uh, things that you feel that they can relate. And so I had been thinking about the people that I had in my circle. You know, how did we meet? Why did we meet? Are the relationships reciprocal? Because I don't subscribe to 50-50, um, no matter what type of relationship it is. I feel like relationships are reciprocal. That means that you don't give 50% every single day, right? There are some days that you may give 60% and the other person gives 40 or vice versa, you know? And so I just believe that in relationships, everyone should be given no matter if it is a work relationship a relationship with your significant other a best friend parent whatever the case is i have a situation where i was really evaluating whether i wanted to spend my time and energy to explain some things or have a discussion around some things and ultimately i decided that I didn't really care. And so I'm like, you know what? Is that a bad thing? Maybe I should discuss with my therapist because I just don't care. And the friend that I was talking to, she was like, well, what does that friendship look like? What does it mean to you? And so that conversation just led me into really evaluating my relationships. And I encourage you to do the same thing. I know I talk about this a lot, you know, people who are in your circle. You know, if you're always giving in a relationship, it's time to evaluate it and see, is that relationship really beneficial for you? And I think I'm at the point where if the relationships are not reciprocal, then I don't really want any parts of it. I'm also at a place where I feel like I'm too grown to just be hanging out with people just because my friend and I have this conversation about you know, sort of like how we would have friends that we would hang out with, but we wouldn't really talk to them about certain things. And then we had our friends that we could trust and that we could talk about. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm at the point where I don't really want to do that anymore. I don't want people to just go hang out with. And it's like, if they are not on the same level or close to the same level and we're not striving to sort of accomplish you know goals and they're not driven 
or hungry. You know, I just don't know if I want to spend my time around those type of people. And I think that you have to also decide the same thing. It's like, do you want to spend time around people who don't understand your vision? And I know everybody won't understand it. And that's why the vision is given to you, right? But at the same time, if people are not supportive of that vision, even if they can't see it, then it's like, I just, I don't care to be amongst them. And it might seem crazy, but that is just my thought on relationships at this point. I'm 29. Um, You know, I'll be going into my 30s next year and I am placing a higher value on my peace and my energy. You know, I don't want relationships where you have to sort of think about the what ifs. Like, what if this person thinks that I'm X or why would she say X, you know, if I can't necessarily go to her without thinking that she'll get offended because I also think in relationships that we should be able to communicate effectively um there's you know no sense in beating around the bush and maintaining these sort of surface level friendships you know and I have this conversation with my therapist and she assured me that it was okay to change she said, you know, I don't know what it is about your late 20s, but you start to really figure out what you want and what you don't want to deal with. And that's okay. You're going to see more of that. And to just receive that confirmation, it made me feel so much better about the way I was feeling. Because like I said, I was questioning in my mind, like, am I wrong to feel this way? One thing I have really battled with over the years and this is not just in my 20s but this is just (laughs) over the course of my life is weight and so before I had my daughter I had finally gotten to a point where I had committed to lose weight and stop eating so much junk because I've been doing that pretty much all my life like I grew up in a family where we had a lot of choices We didn't have a lot of money, but we had a lot of choices. And so I would just fill my body up with junk. And because of that, I was, I want to say I was a fat girl, you know, growing up. And then I remember, you know, some of my family members telling me that I needed to stop eating and this and that. Granted, I was never like, you know, a size 14 or 16, but I felt like I was fat. And so in college, I took advantage of, you know, starting to be more conscious of what I was eating and I had McKinley and that really amped it up even more because I didn't want to gain weight and and so I went through this period of like struggling to gain weight whenever I was pregnant and then after that I ended up getting a trainer and I was so dedicated to the point where daycare opened at six And I would be there to drop my daughter off at 6 and I would be to my trainer's office at 6.30 to work out three times a week. And then two days a week, I would go jogging. And so I did that for about six months and I saw results. And then maybe after that, I moved to Houston and everything that I had started just went out the window. You know, the move was nothing like I expected And if you want to know more about that, you can check out some of the earlier episodes. But saying all that to say that I have recommitted to taking care of my body, 
I haven't gotten back to the point of where I am disciplined enough to work out consistently five days a week, but I am prioritizing self-care and that includes taking care of my body. So if I have to get up in the morning before my daughter, that is what I will do. If I miss my workout in the morning and it is eight or nine o'clock at night, I'm going to put on a YouTube video and I'm going to get it done at least three times a week. That is my small goal for now. I want to get back to five days a week, but we're going to work with that for now. (laughs) Another thing I have started to do is listen and consume news. I have not really ever been a fan of like keeping up with the news and I don't know why. My grandma would always tell me like, you need to watch the news or you need to watch the weather. And I really would not do it. But now You know, I feel like it's my duty to stay informed of what's happening in the world. So I consume my news via podcast for the most part, almost daily. And I listen to the daily. It's a daily podcast that is around 30 minutes and it sort of, you know, informs you of what's happening in the world. They also include, if you sign up for the newsletter, a daily briefing. So that also has links to different news articles from reputable sources. Now, the thing with the news, though, is that if you're not viewing reputable sources, it can be fake. And so there's a lot of stuff that floats around on social media. So I just encourage you guys to always fact check before you share something. And I try to do that. Or if I do share something, I try to make sure that it's from a reputable source. I've also learned that when it comes down to, you know, working out and eating better, it's not really motivation like we think we need. It's really about developing discipline. I remember a mom commenting on a post and saying that she was just trying to find motivation. And I was like, don't look for motivation. Just get up and tell yourself you're going to exercise, no matter if you feel like doing it or not. And you keep doing that, even if, you know, you're not really giving the exercise your all, but you do it for 15 minutes and then you get up again the next day and you do that for 15 minutes. Eventually, it will become a habit and you will develop discipline. It's no longer about motivation. And so that's sort of the thing that I've been doing. I don't really like exercising like that. (laughs) it's just sort of one of those things where I want to be healthy and I want to live longer and I want to take care of my body so it's one of those things that I just have to do to reach that goal now everybody has been asking me about dating am I dating what does dating in quarantine look like and the truth is I don't know you know I don't know what dating looks like in quarantine I'm not doing it <laughs> uh, you know, it's hard enough dating before a pandemic and then it happens and well, the logistics of it to me is just a lot and I don't feel that I want to prioritize that right now. So <laughs> if you guys are dating during this pandemic and you were not dating before, shoot me a DM or an email. I want to know how it's going. and a lot of people do too a lot of other moms would like to know too because I know we often talk about dating and how hard it is and then you throw a pandemic in it and yeah I I don't know that I have the energy 
moving on to parenting. I am still working from home. Thank God. You know, I've just learned to be grateful during this season. If you didn't listen to the episode about working from home, parenting, and teaching, definitely go check it out. Khadija mentioned something at the end about not really focusing on the what ifs and complaining, but actually thinking about the fact that, you know, a lot of us don't spend a lot of time with our kids during the week because we're always working and doing other things. But now we have more time. And it's like, how do you want your kids to remember you after this? What memories do you want them to have? And for me, I was just like, wow, that is, that's good. And I try to practice gratitude every day, but it was just one of those things where I hadn't really thought about it like that until she said it. And I was like, you're right. You are so right. I've also found that I actually enjoy teaching my daughter sometimes. (laughs) Like sometimes it's really challenging. And at first I was like, this is not homeschool. This is me assisting my daughter with her learning. And this was before her teacher started to send new things home that I had to actually teach her. And so it's one thing for your child to go to school and have the teachers teach them skills and then you help to reinforce those skills at home but it's another thing to have the teacher send you things that has never been taught to your child before and then you have to explain it and teach your child those skills then reinforce those skills so you're doing all of that on top of working it's a lot but I actually found that, like I said, I enjoy it because I can say that I taught my daughter how to tell time or I taught my daughter how to count money. And I don't know that that matters, but I feel good about it. I feel good saying that I was able to teach her X, Y, Z during this time. And I know a lot of other moms may be feeling like, well, they're not teaching anything or is very difficult, but you would be surprised at how quickly your child catches on and if you just be patient with them. I know sometimes I get a little frustrated because, you know, I will talk to my daughter and I will tell her one thing and it's like I asked her to repeat what I said and it's like she wasn't paying attention and we go through this for about two or three times before she says, okay, I get it. And I'm like, what did I say? And then she can repeat it back. But it took her like three times. And it's like, who knows what's going on in their little brains? I don't know if it's much harder to focus because of the environment. You know, they're not in the learning environment. And so it's just really difficult for them like it is for us. So I'm just encouraging you guys to practice patience as well as myself. You know, that's something that I have struggled with for a long time even outside of this pandemic. So I'm constantly working with myself on patience and I'm giving myself a lot of grace because I do get frustrated, like I said, and I do feel like I need a break. I'm the only person that my daughter sees every single day. You know, there are no breaks and I am looking forward to summer because I typically take her to my grandma's house in Mississippi and she gets to spend the summer there 
And so I'm very grateful for that. I know a lot of you don't even have that, but I am going to take advantage of that. And until then, I will just continue to have my time in the mornings alone, practice patience, you know, tell her if things are not going the way I want them to, and expressing my emotions to her. I think keeping the communication line open with your kids is very important. Um, There was an article about anxiety in kids and sort of the signs that you can see and the changes. And I will share that with y'all because it was really good. I'll put it in the show notes. And it just really opened my mind to see, you know, some of the things that my daughter may be doing because she's feeling anxious, like the clinginess, the not really wanting to do her work or the lack of focus. There's just a lot of things that you can sort of pay attention to. And these things may also like contribute to your anxiety. And I know we're in this time of uncertainty and I know many of you are interested in therapy, but in the past, you may not have felt like you have the time or even know where to begin. Or maybe you just felt like if only you had the money to invest in a therapist. Well, guess what? I have a solution for you. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And the exciting thing is that you can start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours. It is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. And it's super convenient right now because we're all at home with our kids. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. This service is available for you wherever you are all over the world. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You will get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if the one you were assigned is not a good fit. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. So no excuses. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. They have offered 10% off your first month for being a listener here at Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. Visit BetterHelp.com dot com forward slash experiencing motherhood that's better h e l p and join the over five hundred thousand people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. I will include the link in the show notes. Now something that I have continued to receive questions about is how are you really doing at home? Have you been able to be productive? And this prompted me to write a blog post because I was like, if I'm constantly getting the same question, then a lot of other moms are probably feeling like they can't get anything done. Like it's impossible to work from home with their kids. And the truth is, it's not impossible. You just have to find ways 
for things to work for you. Now, I only have one child. And so if you have multiple kids, then that may be a little bit more challenging and even more reason why you have to get up a little bit earlier and then talk to your boss or manager director about flexibility in your schedule because I know some people say they have to work eight to five but there may be a little leeway due to the circumstances you just have to ask and communicate I will post a link to that blog post in the show notes as well or you can just check out single black motherhood forward slash productivity tips in that article I share my schedule and I talk about things that have helped me to become productive because your girl was struggling at first. Moving on to career. If you have been following me over on Instagram, then you may remember me sharing that I wanted to work from home last year and I was going to submit a proposal to my director and I did that and we had a conversation. I reviewed the work from home policies and everything and then he told me not right now I think we need to have software and systems in place before you begin to do that and then we can reconsider so I was like oh my gosh he gave me like this long list of things that I needed to do and I did not see it happening if I'm gonna be honest so fast forward to March My daughter and I go to Cancun, we get back, and things have changed tremendously. (laughs) We may be working from home the next week. Things are starting to shut down, and I'm like, whoa, we're going to have to start having virtual meetings. And so, long story short, I decided it was time to finish working on the project that we started and make sure that we indeed have those systems in place. So... Last week, he told us that our CEO approved his request for us to work from home 100%. So I am super excited about that and the opportunity to get to work from home remotely completely without the thought of having to go back into the hospital. Now, while I've been home, I will say that I have been getting several calls from recruiters from LinkedIn. So if you have lost your job or if you're in the market for a new job, don't give up. Don't lose hope. People are still hiring and it may not be the job that you want, but it'll be a job until you can get something else. So it's a great time to sort of check in with yourself, evaluate where you are, update your resume if you do not do it quarterly and Go over those things that you have been discussing with your manager or director. I will say that I had an interview for a promotion at another hospital within our system, and I haven't heard back from that, but I think the interview went okay. One question that stuck with me is one about my strengths and weaknesses as listed by my director in my annual evaluation. Now, I've been on quite a few interviews and no one has ever asked me about my strengths and weaknesses from my director's point of view or manager's point of view. 
they always ask you to tell it from your point of view, right? And so that really prompted me to be like, wow. So this whole time people have been saying, you shouldn't care about what people think about you or what people have to say about you, but it does matter. (laughs) It matters. And so I just want to share with y'all what I had said and then what my director said. She asked me that. I said, well, I know that he said that I have great attention to detail and I'm all about compliance. And one of the things that I needed to work on was patience because when it comes down to getting things done, I want them to happen. And he could tell that, you know, I get a little frustrated and I'm just being honest in the interview. You know, sometimes people try to hide things or cover things up or make themselves look really good. But when I do interviews, I like to be myself and I like to be open and honest. But what I want to share is my director's comments with you. So you can see how he worded it. Kim has an intense interest in the quality pillar. Her attention to detail ensures we maintain compliance with accreditation and regulatory standards, medical staff bylaws, and business practices standards. Her focus in this area also challenges the status quo, which in turn causes medical staff leadership across the system to address problem areas that were previously left unattended. Kim should continue with vigor, however, balance with some patience so that all of her issues stay in focus. I just wanted to share that so you could see how what I said lined up with what he said. And honestly, I did not review this evaluation prior to the interview because I didn't think this was something that would come up. But I've reviewed it several times before because I'm really huge on self-improvement and working on myself in areas that I need to improve in. And like I said before, patience is something that I've just always struggled with. I want things to happen and I want things done in a timely manner. When they don't happen, I'm just like, why didn't this happen? Have you followed up? You know, and I'm sort of like, boom, boom, boom. Like we need to get this done. So I hope that helps you in terms of working on yourself And going back to evaluate things that you can work on for yourself and checking out those annual evaluations that you've had and any other emails that you've received from coworkers or leadership saying that you've done something really well. Keep those emails, keep copies of those evaluations and put them in a binder. You can also take time to ask your friends and family about things that you do really well and things that they believe you can do a better job of working on. That will also help you. If you have not listened to the How to Earn More as a Single Mom episode, I did that last year, but a lot of that stuff is still very relevant. So go check that out if you are trying to earn more and you have never heard of a brag binder. I highly encourage that. Moving on to finances. I talk a lot about my personal business on Single Mom Chat, so if you don't tune in, (laughs) definitely check it out on Sundays at 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. When I share things, a lot of the moms will check in via DMs to see how I'm doing. So one of the things that I had said that I wanted to do was save more money. And so 
a few of you had DM me to see how my savings has <laughs> been going. And I'm happy to say that I have done a whole lot better. One of the things going into 29, you know, reflecting on my finances is that I had never truly committed to tackling debt or, you know, really sticking to my zero based budget. And so after that episode with Diana, you know, I have been thinking about it. Like I really need to commit to this debt free journey. You know, she's doing it. I can do it. And then I had another mom on the podcast. She has done it. And it's like so many single moms that are out here paying off debt and on this journey to debt freedom. And I'm like, if they can do it, I can do it too. I just know that it'll require some sacrifices. And so saying all that to say that I have committed to paying off debt. Now, will I want to be debt free before I purchase a home? That is something I am still unsure about. I would love to get rid of my credit card debt and my car loan prior to buying a house. But if I could pay off all of my debt, including student loans, prior to getting a house, then that would be great too. But I just want to be realistic with myself and know that my debt journey may just be paying off everything except student loans before I buy a home. One of my things is that I wanted my daughter to be able to have a yard while she's still young to play in before she gets too old and doesn't really care about a backyard. So I don't know if that makes sense to y'all, but it's just something that I've wanted to do. I want to have a house so my daughter can have a yard to play in, but at the same time, I want to make sure I'm in a place financially and I have uh, good savings to where if something happens, then I'm able to handle it. I don't want to just put myself in a situation where I have all this debt. And on top of that, I have a mortgage, you know, and the economy is so unstable. So with that being said, I have incorporated money Monday. So every Monday I am checking to see how I'm doing with my budget. How is my spending going? Do I need to readjust my budget and things like that? I've also began to have conversations with my daughter about money and I did a poll I had this urge to do some research about ages moms talk to their kids about money and I was surprised to see the recommendation that you should introduce money to your kids as early as three and this is just like coins right talking about like this is a dime this is a nickel and I'm just like wow nobody ever told me this and I'm sure a lot of people don't know about it so I did a poll in Insta story and was surprised to see that, you know, a lot of you are kind of like me. You just started talking to your kid around five, six, seven, like somewhere in that age range to where they want to buy things. And so it's even better if you start a little earlier because they have a foundation before they even decide they want to buy something, you know? So I want to do an episode about talking to your kids about money. So if you are a mom and you started at a very young age or your parents started talking to you at a very young age and it's played a major factor in your life, then definitely reach out to me via email or DM and let's chat about it. I've also made a decision to contribute to my 401k at least the minimum amount that my employer is matching so I don't miss out on that money. 
I'm also committed to paying myself first. But I believe it's around 1% or 2%. I automatically transfer to a savings. I don't even see it. I have also printed out those little debt-free charts. And so I am working on paying off my first credit card by end of summer. I wish that I could have an income that goes specifically to debt payoff, but I'll keep y'all posted on that. Just make sure you continue to share the podcast so that more people will listen and I can get more sponsorships. That is my little ask of you and I would greatly appreciate it. We help each other. I give you content and you share it. Moving on to education. I am still enrolled in graduate school. I'm currently taking two classes for summer one and I have three classes for summer two. Well, one is sort of in the middle, but total five classes for the summer semester and I will have two left in the fall. So I'm hoping to graduate in December if everything goes as planned. I know the school sent us an email saying that, you know, schedules may change due to the coronavirus and how things may go in the future so we don't know but as far as right now everything is going according to the plan now someone asked me on instagram how they could pay for graduate school for free so there are programs that will pay for you to get your master's you just have to look for them there are scholarships out there i didn't apply for any i guess i was lazy in that regard but you can take time and research those. And then if you work for an employer that has tuition reimbursement, that is another way to attend graduate school without having to pay out of pocket. Uh, my company actually has something called Direct Bill, and I think it's a fairly new concept. I don't know that a lot of companies have implemented this, but unlike tuition reimbursement, you don't pay anything up front. They do. However, my job only pays $4,000 per year. And with that $4,000 per year, you have to make a 12-month commitment. So, for example, I started last summer. They paid $4,000. So, this summer, I will have completed my first 12 months. They paid again in January. So, I have to stay until January of next year unless I pay them the $4,000 back. Now... $4,000 only pays for two classes and then half of another class. If you're not on the timeline, then maybe you can sort of stretch your classes out like that. But for me, I want to increase my income. And I know that to get to the next level in my industry, it requires a master's. And so that is why I'm working on it. I didn't just enroll in graduate school just to say I have a master's degree and incur additional debt for that. I'm doing it because I know it's the next step. Now, it may not happen on my timeline, but I am sure that it will happen eventually. I have faith that it will pay off, whether it pays off the first month after or six months after or a year after. You know, I am confident in that. You've been on the fence about attending graduate school, think about why are you doing it? Think about, is it actually worth it for the field that you're in? Everybody doesn't need a master's to get to the next level of their career, but it's just something that I had to do. And so 
I often get a lot of questions from moms about, you know, balancing it all. And to me, it's not really about balancing it all. It's more about prioritizing what's important that day. So if I have an assignment due and I have work and then I have my daughter to take care of, then my work may suffer just a little bit that day, you know, because I may need to stop and do my discussion questions for an hour during the work day because I don't have that time in the afternoon and then I may need to catch up the next day. And so, you know, it's just really about finding out what's important for you and what priorities matter. Lastly, I wanted to talk about community. Community is so important, especially during this time. I like the thought of people have been calling it social distancing, but I like the term of physical distancing because you're not close to people, but you are still socially communicating, right? Because that's important. It like helps with your stress levels. You can talk to other moms or people that are going through some of the things that you are going through. But with that being said, I had to cancel our first summer weekend getaway and I'm so sad about that. But I'm hoping that we'll get another chance to do it next year. Everybody had paid their deposits and everything. I was so excited. We were going to Miami and we were going to have a weekend without our kids. But it's okay. In the future, it's going to happen. Now, I've had this vision to start an intimate online membership where we take deep dives into the podcast topics with the guest and we actually meet either monthly or bi-monthly to talk about real life issues where everybody can see each other. I know I host single mom chat over on Instagram and a lot of moms love that, but we can't see each other. Y'all can only see me and sometimes I bring on people, but a lot of times people are uncomfortable about getting on live and asking their questions or talking about their life. So this would be a way for us to connect more intimately and we could actually see each other. You know, just having everything in one place, you could actually message other moms on this platform. You could see if there's anybody in your area sort of group sessions. It's like, you know, diving into real life issues and sharing tools and resources that we have with other moms to help them get to the next level of their lives. So if that is something that you think you may be interested in, please send me a DM over on Instagram at singleblackmotherhood or email me singleblackmotherhood at gmail.com. I would love to kick off June with a founding members launch. Those are all of my updates, y'all. I hope that you can now see where I am. I have a lot going on (laughs) from working from home to parenting my child, teaching my child, and trying to get done with grad school. It's a lot, but I'm doing it. And I want to encourage you that whatever it is that you want to do, doesn't matter the season that we're in, you can still do it. 2020 is not over just because corona is here there is still hope for each and every one of you if you have not taken out time to leave a review on the podcast and you've been enjoying the episodes please take a moment to leave a review over on apple Podcasts. that really helps other moms to find the podcast and see that the content is actually helpful for them 
Thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. Until next time, I will chat with you guys later.